0: The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club.
1: Did you know, every time we give out one of these armadillo facts, an armadillo gets its wings, and then they fly up in the air, and eventually they crash and die, because armadillos don't know how to fly. It's very sad. Yeah.
2: It's, it's heartbreaking, really. And yet we don't stop. <laughs>
0: For more Armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club.
1: Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm
1: Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 37 through 39 of Crown of Swords, book 7 of The Wheel of Time.
2: Previously, Rand goes to visit the sea folk and just steamrolls them with his raw charisma and also Taver in mind control, but mostly it was the charisma thing. (laughs) Head swollen with his victory, he rolls on down his to-do list and decides he's gonna go squash a pesky rebellion to round out his day. As ridiculous as that sounds, it's actually going pretty well for him because when he walks in, he meets and sort of befriends two thirds of the rebel leaders within minutes of strolling up to their encampment. Unfortunately, that last rebel leader has been hanging out with her old friend, Pad and Fane. And at this point, we know that whenever Pad and Fane is involved, shit's gonna get messy. Sure enough, Fane summons a cloud of Lovecraftian horror right on top of the rebel camp, and the scene goes full on living nightmare. Rand and his party narrowly escape, but not before Padden gets a good hit in with his dagger of greater nastiness, which I'm pretty sure is just a dagger that he's been rubbing shit on for, like, months. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when Rand gets that uh, cut in him, it doesn't uh, turn out so great. Uh, It gives him yet another wound uh, full of evil that defies healing, which, unfortunately, doesn't just cancel out the other one, we were kind of right. hoping. Luckily, it's right in the same spot, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's exactly right across the same spot. It's uh, yeah, so another yeah. fighting, I guess? I don't know.
1: Yeah, small well, small blessings. You know, it didn't have two injured parts of his
2: body. So. <laughs> that's right. So while Rand's out of commission, Min holds all of Rand's frenemies at bay, uh, and they just kind of slap a wizard band-aid on his festering wound of pure evil. And I guess that's fine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and just in case anyone missed it, Rand's rebel problem is technically resolved. So, you know, check that off the list. Right. And I think he made the rebels get married to each other. Probably, yeah. The two The two of the three that he befriended are now uh, probably going to get married because right. the other ones, I don't know. Ran screaming into the, the horror list. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but didn't die on
1: camera, so he's probably still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 37. A note from the palace.
2: So, uh, Matt sneaks out of the palace of horror. I, I do want to mention something here. Like, the, when when he's sneaking out, he's He's acting kind of weird, and I I feel like he's written almost as if he has PTSD. Like, there's, like he's looking around, and he's like flinching at sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that we talked about this a lot, like, two episodes ago. I do think that Robert Jordan thinks what happened to Matt is bad. You think so? Yes, because there are a couple of instances where Matt does things that are very, like representative of somebody who's just gone through that experience, right? Like, mm. things where he's he, he clearly feels very vulnerable, and even if he doesn't know why, he's acting as if he's had something horrible happen to him. Now, that being said, I think Robert Jordan still plays it off as a joke, which is terrible, but I do think he actually knows that it was a bad thing that happened to Matt. Yeah, it's. I, yeah,
1: I think it's, it's kind of a cartoonish thing, you know? He's jumping at, at small sounds. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. He's going to meet Elaine and the Kin... Uh, who are off on a, a quest because now they know where the bowl room is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn in passing that Bergita, the most useful person, yeah. has told him what his special spear is called. It's an Ashandarae. It's not just a spear. <laughs> so now he's calling it that from now on. Yeah, right. Now he's like, hey you guys if you see my Ashandurai anywhere? Oh, it's here, it's on my back.
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck's an Ashandrai? Oh, it's a spear they always carry around. Yeah, you didn't you, know it's called an Ashandra? You, you might think this is a spear, but it's
1: not, it's an Ashandurai. <laughs> Which is, you know, pretty cool. Um, the Apparently, Tylan had these servants uh,
2: tackle him and drag him to her room last night. Yeah, kidnapped and dragged to her bed chambers. So. Which is, oh, wow. This is really dark. Yeah, like, I feel so bad for Matt, because this situation is miserable. He's about as thoroughly trapped as it is possible for him to be in this it, world.
1: And he doesn't have the mental ability or the, the mental tools, the experience to understand what's going on
2: with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't have anyone to talk to about this. Like, he he, he has no one he can, like, you know, <laughs> share his his questions with, I suppose. You yeah.
1: Know? So uh, he, he gets to where Elaine and the kin and everybody are, are forming up, and he overhears uh, some stuff from Elaine. The Aes Sedai apparently don't believe the kin's age, they don't believe their numbers, uh, and the Aes Sedai
2: live nowhere near that long. Yeah, the Ebu Dari Aes Sedai are not being nearly as gracious to their new recruits as I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Considering this is such a, a windfall, they're acting kind of shitty about it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Nynaeve is actually a little... is you know, They're all waiting for Nynaeve to show up and she's running late because, uh, you know... She shows up with Lan. Right, because she was on vacation. Yeah, I guess he was showing her Bowtown. the true blade of the Malky <laughs> Yeah? yeah. Uh-huh.
0: That's, that's right. Yeah, Lan's version of a quickie still lasts like 75 minutes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> right.
1: <laughs> as hard as granite. <laughs> Chips of blue ice. <laughs> Wait, and his penis? Uh, I assume, right? Yeah, I
0: mean...
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... So Matt finally goes in and... and and joins up with them. And I'm actually kind of liking the Matt versus Elaine dynamic here. Because Matt is the only person that doesn't put up with her BS. Uh-huh. Right? Now she's even got all the Aes Sedai kind of putting up with her BS. Yeah. For their I, Aes Sedai stuff. But Matt, like, he just
2: is constitutionally incapable of being awed by somebody. Yeah. He he, uh, he challenges her in a way that I think nobody else will. Which mm-hmm. is good. You know, yeah, yeah. That. Um, He's that. He's... It's urgent to him to get on with this
1: quest and get out of Ibudar, although Elaine and Nynaeve still aren't clear on how long they want to stay in Ibudar. Yeah.
2: Apparently Nynaeve and Lan have been married. By the sea folk. Yeah, by the sea folk. Because she's like, We're getting married like as soon as possible and the sea folk is where they were going, literally right?
1: Literally like the next person they talked to, she was like, <laughs> Marry us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and yeah, Nynaeve is, is all lovey dovey to Lan in a way that she's never been to anybody ever, I yeah. think. Yeah, not that, we, not that we've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. Even the the last guy that she had kind of a thing for, that the guy who ran the circus, she was kind of an asshole to him. Yeah, she <laughs> treated him like crap.
0: And it is pretty funny seeing this from Matt's perspective, because he knows Nynaeve from so far back. And he's yeah. like, this is, land is insane. <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not just Matt, like, everyone's <laughs> watching this like, really? Her? <laughs> Cause, I mean, it's land <laughs> Yeah, and some of them are kind of like, really? Him? You know, because he's...
1: Dead. dead. His dead. eyes are dead, and his face is granite, and his muscles are huge, and he's so dramatic all the time. <laughs> that is true. But so, Matt uh, and the whole squad, including Beslan, Nalesian, Lan, and Elaine and the kin, uh, they set out to go to the Rahad, because the kin know where this freaking room is that they've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way over there, Lan, who is the ultimate bro, in addition to being the ultimate warrior, tells Matt about Mogedian because
2: Nynaeve was keeping that from him. Oh yeah, Magedian attacked me and killed two of your guys. Yeah, I, there's a point where Matt's like, huh, I haven't seen these two guys in a while. I guess Nynaeve's keeping them extra close. <laughs> nope, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Lan's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to.
1: Uh, way to go.
0: I mean, that's unconscionable on Nynaeve's part.
1: That's pre- I, she would have got to it eventually, but yeah, it's, it's pretty shitty of I her.
2: think she's embarrassed, honestly, which is not a good reason, but I think that's the way that Nynaeve works. If she's embarrassed, she doesn't want to admit that she's done something stupid, mm-hmm. including getting these people killed. I, I want to I mention that Lance says something, and I don't know if it's intended as a joke, but Matt asks about them and he says uh, they were dead before they knew it. And that's literally true because of the bailfire. fire. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, they
1: were literally dead before they knew it. It's probably Lan's idea of a joke. I know. I mean, in Malkir, that's like a real
2: knee slapper. <laughs> he doesn't laugh, but does Land ever laugh? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like really disappointed that Matt doesn't get it. he's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Southlanders, no humor.
0: I spent all night thinking that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not what he spent all night
0: doing. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked how uh, when Lan mentions Mogedian like I love the reactions to everybody, everybody in the carriage. Like you know, Nellesian's like what? Like Mogedian? And Beslin's like, oh, that's a little much even for me, you know? Yeah. Because we've we've been dealing with her so long, we, it's easy to forget that you know,
2: these people are legendary terror wizards. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, like against anyone else, these are not that far off from like dark gods, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lan is also doing this thing now where anyone who talks shit about naive, he, like, threatens to kill them. Yeah. And all I can think is, huh, well, huh, this is going to be real rough, but at least we'll have a lot fewer names to remember. <laughs> you know? Because, <laughs> you know, Nynaeve doesn't ex- exactly go around making friends. If Lan's walking around with her, then there's going to be a lot of bodies.
1: <laughs> it's true.
2: <laughs> it's like, dude, you're going to have to like, wind that one back because, like, if you try and kill everyone who Nynaeve pisses off, then, well, I mean, I, I not saying he can't. He's a Lan. Yeah, and and then uh,
1: they they take a carriage ride down to the docks and Matt has been given a, a breakfast package from Thailand with a note in it saying that she's moved him into her rooms. This is so
2: fucking creepy. It is it's all kinds of creepy. Yeah, and Matt's whole situation is just awful. Oh, he,
0: yeah. he She wants him to wear certain clothing including shorter coats. So mm-hmm. she can see his butt. Yeah, and who's this daughter of the Nine Moons? I've thought of several delicious ways to make you tell me. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Ugh.
2: So chapter 38, six stories, Icon of the Black Aja. So this chapter actually starts with Nynaeve dishing to Elaine on Lan's sexual prowess. <laughs> you know, like they, they, like Matt and Lan are walking up and Nynaeve is embarrassed because she's just been talking about what she's been up to last night, <laughs> which is interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm kind of feeling bad for Rand because Nynaeve is talking about all these things. She's setting a pretty high bar for Rand. you know. Mm-hmm. Elena's gonna be almost certainly gonna be disappointed with the whole <laughs> yeah, I mean because yeah. Rand's had sex exactly twice, and we've seen both of them.
1: Uh, but he's That's... got
2: he's got the the memories of noted woman pleaser Luz Theron telemark. Oh, <laughs> so you think that Luz Theron passed along some other stuff besides the whole magic tricks? I'm I'm guessing.
0: I think even with all of Rand's different memories Lan has still fucked more people <laughs> <laughs> even if That's you count every single true. person Luz Theron had sex with over his entire life and whatever else he might have in his head well
1: okay so this is probably a bit of a spoiler but we eventually find out that how he got that name is they started calling him Luz Theron tell your mom how good this dick is <laughs> 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 yeah cause that dude can fuck
0: <laughs> spoiler <laughs>
1: Spoiled a lot of a lot of ladies, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs>
1: spoiled and dispoiled.
0: Oh. Anyway, whatever. There's little lands all over the country. <laughs>
1: they right. are like they should. I wonder if like he sprinkled throughout all his book, they see like, you know, this four-year-old kid with like flinty, harsh plains <laughs> eyes, like blue eyes. <laughs> They all they ride to the docks and then they take a boat over to the Rahad, and at this point around here where they're organizing on the boat, Matt finally tells Elaine what's going on with him and Thailand, uh-huh. and she laughs at him. I know. I was so pissed off about this. This like I, like I was like, yeah, I wrote you know a hundred points from House Tracand. Like this is like <laughs> screw her. Yeah. Like like I, I was kind of liking her a little bit more that she was exactly. showing some
2: initiative, but like come on, yeah, fuck this. You know, it's like. He, at, at first, she's going to tear into him about it. she's like, oh, I found out that she, you've been sleeping before. What the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, no, that's not what's going on. And at first, there's this moment where you think, oh, okay, she's going to be cool about it. And she fucking laughs at him. I was yeah. so, oh, I was so angry about this. Yeah. This is why he's not going to talk to anybody about it. Because this is what will happen. Like, the,
1: yeah, she's, she's going to be a shit about it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I had a really visceral reaction to this, reading this section. It was like, oh. Yeah, so that so yeah Elaine's back in the the bad books in my opinion mm-hmm. yep I feel the same way I was and, like warming up to Elaine
1: and despite that Matt then like grind uh, uh was he grits his teeth and he offers to give her the medallion because now he knows the mageon is after her and he's like well you should use the magic medallion mm-hmm that she's been trying to get to him for so long
2: because Matt is a good guy at heart. Yeah, yeah that's a th- and that's that's the thing. Like he's not a bad dude, and everyone's like everyone treats him like shit. It's not okay. Yeah. At least Elaine does actually kind of like see that, right? Yeah, this, she, she's impressed act. by this gesture, but then she's like, "Oh wow, you're
1: you're such an impressive subject for me to have." And he's like, "Fucking subject? <laughs>
2: yeah. Seriously? Yeah." There's a uh, there is a moment where he's like cursing violently or whatever and, and Elaine's like taking notes. Yes, she's so memorizing funny. it. And I do want to, I just want to read this because it's just like, all right. Oh, kiss a flaming goat if I know what I mean. I almost, let's see, I almost wish I didn't know the truth. Uh, where was another one? Oh,
0: sheep swallow.
2: Oh, sheep swallow. Sheep swallow and bloody buttered onions. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this is, the, this is the cursing that we, <laughs> No, uh, this, is, this is... You can't say that in polite
1: society. Elaine's <laughs> yeah. never heard such foul vileness as that. What is a swallop? Uh, Sheep swallop. I think it's like a slop. Oh. Like, I've heard of cod swallop, which I think is like fish slop. Mm. This is like... Like food, like crappy food that you uh, feed. Oh, okay, animals. okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and so they head into the Rahad. Uh, this whole section is a great description of the Rahad. It's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the people are, like, seedy guys with daggers, like, you know, skulking from corner to corner and, and dangerous people everywhere. But nobody messes with them because they've got wise women with them and the and the wise women are, like, magical people.
2: Yeah, and I, guess, and I guess it's, like, it's not even just that. I think what it is is in the Rahad, uh, these wise women are essentially their, like, healthcare system, right? Mm-hmm. So... To like, if you're in Ebudar, you probably end up like bleeding a lot, right? Stuck full of holes and stuff. So these are the women that would save your lives. So it seems like anyone would do anything to like protect these people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It reminded me of the wise women in the Ayo waste as well.
2: Yeah. There's a definitely like a respect here for that for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Rahad also sounds terrible. It's like everything's rotting and smells like shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they find their way to the six-story building that has the
2: storeroom in the top of it. Oh, and and Matt totally reveals what Lan told him, which I think is not a very good bro move, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: I think Lan must have known that Matt would say something, because of course Matt's going to say something. Yeah, I mean, Lan's not afraid of it. I just feel like, you know, Matt could have like cut him him some slack, because we know what Nynaeve's going to (laughs) do. Well, yeah, I mean... What punch him in the gut? That's that, what she already did. That's a good point.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm super confused though. When they realize that it's six floors, naive size, it was a very weird.
2: So there's a discussion where they one had of an them. Argument. Yeah, they had an argument about who. Were, like what they remembered from the dream, mm-hmm. I think one of them had said it was six floors, and the other one disagreed. Or they said it was five floors or yeah. something. Oh, and they, okay. so like, they were arguing about it at the beginning of this book. I'm what, surprised I didn't book? commit that to memory. It might have been the last <laughs> book that they were arguing about it. Actually, oh yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, Elaine wins an argument with naive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's as they're going through this. There's all these dangerous people, right? Mm-hmm. But and all the all the dudes are like glaring at them. Like you want to fight? But nobody messes with Lan, right, because he's, you know, the devil or uh-huh. death incarnate or whatever. And nobody messes with Vanon.
2: I know. What is up with this dude, right?
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I'm i trying to figure out, like, I was thinking for a while, like, is this guy a serial killer, right?
2: Does he, like, have a black soul that scares people away? Like, what's going on with this guy? It, it is impossible. Like, he is he is an enigma, for sure. And I think he's intended to be that way. Like, he's, he's so innocuous in so many ways, but... People who are bad know that he's worse than them, you know, <laughs> yeah, somehow, right. right? Yeah. I really like that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, Vannon's great. He's a, he's, a, he's a great character. So they get
1: to the storeroom where they split up. Uh, Elaine and the kin uh, head up to the, up the stairs and Nynaeve and Lan and Matt are left at the bottom mm-hmm. where they're ambushed by Ispan and Falion, the, the Black Aja. This is an NDA classic! A this Black is a... Aja ambush! <laughs> it is! Yeah! <laughs> they, they've been wandering around, they can't get anything done,
2: they just had to find the right ambush. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> they found the right trap to spring.
2: That's right. And and I feel kind of bad for these Black Aja, because they I, I don't think that they know the hornet's nest that they've just kicked, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they should. They don't know about Matt, right? And they don't know about Lan. Yeah. And they should know about Nynaeve, though. Yeah, but... Well, they probably didn't know Nynaeve had the block, but she doesn't now, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And they also probably didn't know about all of the, the channelers that they have with them, the bonus channelers on the Right. Side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I quoted one line, by the way. Uh-huh. Land just stood there, which meant, of course, that he looked like a leopard ready to pounce. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like when he's doing nothing. <laughs> just all the time. That's his resting pose. Uh, he's got resting leopard face. <laughs> so they fight. Uh, Nynaeve and the Black Aja's kind of cancel each other out, Mm -hmm. and uh, Matt and Lan and uh, Matt's buddies, the Red Arms, uh, are fighting all of the Black Aja's goons that they have, and uh, it's going back and forth uh, when there's a scream from upstairs, and Matt leaves that fight behind to race upwards, and he comes across a scene of horror. Yeah. Yeah. Decimation. Yeah. All the people that went upstairs are down. Uh, Half of them are dead. Uh, There's some goons trying to get into the storeroom, and there's this guy there who is, like, uncannily fast and weird.
0: And he snaps one of the women's necks.
1: Yeah, with his bare hands. And Matt fights him, but this guy is, like, inhumanly fast, right? Matt keeps trying to stab him, but he just sort of slides out of the way. Mm -hmm. He's extremely strong. He throws Matt, like, across the room several times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nalcian? Yeah, Matt's Matt's bro, Nalcian, comes up in the middle of the fight. And Matt's like, okay, now we can two on one him. And the guy just rips Nalesian's throat out. Yeah. Like like casually. Uh, and it's really sad because, I mean, I like Nalesian.
2: He was great, yeah. Yeah, he,
1: he was Matt's gambling bro. He's like, yeah, man, I can't believe I got up early
2: for this. He didn't even want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> he was three days from retirement, man. <laughs> <laughs> this fight scene is awesome. It is mm-hmm. really fantastic. This is a great action scene by Robert Jordan.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a, a thing in here that I, I, one of the things I remember, because we're getting into the stuff that I don't remember much of these books, but the part where Matt catches the knife, right? He, he stabs yeah. the, the, the guy, and the, it doesn't matter to the guy. The guy takes the knife out of him and throws it back at Matt, and Matt just catches it, and, he, and just out of reflex. And he's like, oh, well, I guess my hands are pretty quick, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, very cool. And it turns out that the
2: only thing that can hurt this thing is Matt's fox head medallion, which burns it. Yeah, it doesn't like that necklace. It, it, it's, it seems to be the only thing that can injure it at all. Mm-hmm. Because Matt stabs it
1: like three times and it doesn't care. Yeah. And like there's this whole scene where Matt's like, okay, there's no way I can beat this guy. Uh, it's time to run away. But then he sees that Elaine is still there and he's like, oh, crap, You know, I can't run away. Yeah. Because Matt's a good guy. Yes, yep. he is. He is. Um, but he, he scares it with the, he burns it with the medallion and drives it away and it vanishes in an empty room. Yeah It charges in there And there's no way It could have gotten out But it
2: did Whatever it is Yeah So that probably Could have gone a little better Yeah That was That was real bad <laughs> <laughs> Might have been This might have been the. Is this the worst NDA trap It might be uh, A lot of dead people It seems to have The worst consequences Right Yeah Yeah A lo- lot of dead people uh, Elaine got hurt pretty bad And this is what The second Semi main character That Robert Jordan's actually killed As far as like The good guys Oh Nelesian Yeah yeah, he's been around for several books, right? Since Fires of Heaven, at least.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, sad times. Yeah, very sad. Uh, but, yeah, Elaine's alive, and uh, Matt goes and helps her. And even at this moment, even after what just happened, right? This 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 supernatural creature he just fought, and in the midst of all this death, he takes a moment to look down her dress. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Matt, man. Come on.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, so... Hey. This chapter is called Six Stories? Yeah, because the building's six stories tall. Oh! I thought it was, like, stories like book stories. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was, like, expecting
1: vignettes. I was like, yeah. so it was like, I was like oh. the real important thing that happened here is that Nynaeve won that argument, or Elaine won that
2: argument, or whatever the hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a throwaway line for, to name the chapter after it that's making
1: sense. <laughs> so Elaine tells him that channeling didn't work on this thing. It was
2: like the, the, the flows just vanished on it, like Matt's medallion. Yeah, so they're related, and and the medallion hurts it, which make it's it's a strange kind of like yeah connected duality there. Yeah,
0: isn't that something that comes up in in across fiction, like the crucifix with the vampire, and then in Harry Potter, there's a thing where the good touches the evil.
2: I mean, Harry Potter when he burns Quirrell and yeah. murders him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Do we know? If, I guess we don't know if the fox medallion is good or not. Yeah, whatever it is, it's like the opposite of this, this guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: This guy, yeah, they didn't describe him as a foxy guy or an elf guy. He's not one of those. No, for sure. So Nynaeve catches up. Uh, her and the wise women start healing the people who are still alive. They caught one of those Black Aja people. Mm-hmm. I guess the other one got away. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And they have some, probably my favorite lines. No need to shriek like a cat, Nynaeve growled, appearing in the stairway. You hold her tight. You hear me? She shrieks like a cat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's nice. <laughs> oh,
1: that's it's fun seeing things from Matt's perspective. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but this is very sad. A bunch of them are dead. That guy uh, killed like half those people in a moment.
2: Yeah, he's. Uh, it, it's uh, it's interesting seeing this new this new challenge appear. Right. It's. Um, there's nothing that they could do about this. Yeah. Is, yeah. is Matt the only person in the entire world who has the ability to hurt this thing? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe.
0: But Matt makes the point that it's even more deadly than a mirror drawl, which is impressive. Right, yeah.
2: Yeah, at this point, Matt can kill a mirror drawl pretty easily, I think. Mm-hmm. Power creep. <laughs> yeah, power creep.
1: <laughs> so uh, then they, they get into that storeroom and they find the bowl. They find it.
2: Finally. Finally. Yeah. It's a little anticlimactic, you know? I mean, it's fine. It's a bowl, I guess. Magic wind bowl or whatever. (laughs) Uh, They grab it, and they
1: grab a bunch of other stuff, and they flee. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this was a costly victory. For sure, yeah. But mission accomplished. Good job, guys. Right? Let's all go home. And I I would point out that this all happened, like, within a couple days after they got Matt on the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Good point. And actually, going back... I did make a note. You said they don't describe him as foxy or anything like that, but Matt says he does move like a snake. Several people say he moved like a snake. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think he's one of those snake guys, but... <laughs> yeah, because they had weird faces, and they were very tall and actually scaly, I think. Mm. Yeah, they, they didn't really look that human, did
0: they?
1: No. This guy right. looked nondescript. Mm-hmm. Right. But still, the, the medallion is from the other world, and so this guy and the medallion are connected somehow. I wonder. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's a lot of foxes and snakes going hand in hand.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. Chapter 39, Promises to Keep, Icon of the Dice. Uh, Matt is trying to get Nynaeve and Elaine to Skittown. Yep. Uh, they're having a big meeting with uh, Tylin and the Aes Sedai
2: and a bunch of the Sea Folk and the Kin and everything. Yeah. This is, it's almost like another court situation, right? Like the way this is set up, it feels a little bit like a court, yeah. courtroom. Yeah. Uh, we find out uh,
1: that Matt has learned from Bergita it was a Golam. The Thing That Killed Herod Fell. Which is
2: something we've heard about before. We've actually heard of golems before, right? Like, yeah, somebody... One of the Forsaken mentioned, like, you know, they found a golem in a stasis box. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, Brigida knows all this stuff, I guess, because she's got memories from her previous incarnations. Yeah. And these golems are terrible. They sound awful. They're, they're something even the Forsaken don't like. Yeah, they're really scary. There are only six of them ever made. Yeah. Uh,
1: three men and three women versions of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they're they're immune to the one power, and they can sense the one power. They're there just to kill channelers. Yeah,
0: and they can exist in a stasis box for forever. I
2: think, yeah, I think that might be true of anything. We don't. I don't know what a stasis box is, and we, I don't know if we ever get details about it. But it, just based on the name, it sounds like something that just freezes something in in a, in eternity. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I'd never considered the idea of something living being in oh, a stasis box. That's a good point. I, I'd only thought of like artifacts and stuff.
2: Mm yeah I, th- I think it's interesting that that matt 's memories also contain a lot of useful information about the sea folk like yeah and and matt 's memories are hundreds and thousands of years old right mm-hmm. uh, so these sea folk that this culture is just un- i guess virtually unchanged over this entire time right yeah for for a very long
1: time yeah i, I think did they say this i don 't know if they said this or if I just imagined this, but they 're kind
2: of unbroken since the breaking of the world yeah mm-hmm. that they went, i think we they say that they went out to to see when the world broke and they've existed ever since. But it's interesting to see that how little their culture has changed. Yeah. Such that Matt is able to navigate interactions with them. Right, the yeah.
1: Yeah, so Matt, uh, the sea folk don't want to leave their ships. And so Matt, uh, they, they don't believe him about the Golan because he's like, uh, I read it in a book. And they're kind of like, you read a book? <laughs> <laughs> a, a book that no Aksadai has ever heard of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. <laughs> and, uh... He uses his like awesome sea folk knowledge to like insult them, and his Taveran-ness to like get them to agree, to bargain with them, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to come off the ships and go go onto land and help with the bowl. This yep. was a
0: cool scene. I love I, this. Yeah, yeah, and hearing about just the how he could tell who they were and about about their culture and their bureaucracy based on their rings and things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that's that's obvious to us as readers previously that that the jewelry of the sea folk is indicative of their of their rank but no one that we've encountered knew what it meant until matt right now with these like ancient memories it's kind of kind of cool he's like oh if they have this number of rings it means this and if they have this ring on this side and it's really it was kind of cool yeah 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 it's great yeah like you said alice it's great to see things from matt's perspective
0: i know i'm having a lot of fun
1: oh man yeah he's got my favorite chapters these days you know (laughs) yeah so it turns out that uh, naive and Elaine were—they wanted this meeting to play out this way because they—they were using him to get the
2: sea folk off the ships. Yeah, it totally works. He uses his like Taverin yeah. mind control thing that Rand he, did. Even though he doesn't know the plan, he just gets mad. Yeah, that's right.
1: And that was yeah. their plan all along, yeah. apparently. And so they all—they all file out. Uh, Matt has
2: a frustrating farewell scene with Thailand. <sighs> I know it. it what. It's like, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to miss her. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, what? What? <laughs> but uh, so everybody else is heading out to this uh,
1: farm. Uh, with a, They're going to go work on the bowl at like the Kin's farm. Uh, but it turns out that Olver is MIA. So Matt and his uh, bros
2: set out to find him. Yeah. Uh, this is this is ominous. Like I know I joke about this a lot, but I actually don't want Ulver to die. Okay, <laughs> this, this kid's kind of you know like I I like him. Like, you know he's he's funny and he's a good he's a good influence on Matt. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So
1: they, they send he sends out his guys to search the city and he goes at himself. Uh, Matt
2: is is really upset with himself because he's feeling all this responsibility and he doesn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually really like this scene. It, I, I feel like it does because. He's thinking about these things, and he's like frantically searching, and these dice are rolling in his head. I was just like, you could feel this tension building here. Yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. Interesting.
1: This whole scene is good. I, I thought it was a good example of Robert Jordan like giving quick sketches of Matt's squad as he's thinking about the guys he has, and then everything that happens, like the slow buildup, like the hints that are happening, and then Matt finds out what's going on. It's just great. Like he's a really good writer at these action scenes. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, also, there's a point like halfway through this this dramatic search scene where Matt takes a moment to admire a statue's breasts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But Jeff, he's being really subtle about it. Nobody, nobody's noticed. I'm sure. I know, right? There's a was it uh, not in the, like it was like the last of the chapters where this, people are growling when they notice that other people are looking at women's breasts, and for some reason they're growling at him, too, because, you know, he's looking at their breasts, but he's being really subtle about it. He's not sure why they're growling at him. It's like, come on, Matt.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, as Matt searches the city, there's uh, strange rumors of fighting going all around. He starts hearing thunder rolling in, and we've actually been in an experience like this before. Uh Uh-huh. He tracks down Ulver by looking for sellers of candy and attractive shopkeepers. (laughs) I mean, he knows what Ulver's into, right? (laughs) yeah. And as he gets to the bay, he sees what it is. It's the Shanshan. Shan yep. Rolling yeah. into town, blowing up everybody in their path. Matt needs to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, so Matt starts panicking. He's racing through the streets. Uh, as the Shanshan Shan conquer the city, he sees some of the fighting and bad luck. He gets caught in some of the
2: explosions and a wall falls on him. And right when the wall falls on him, the dice stop. Yeah, this is this this like ending battle scene was, was really interesting to me because this is very... This felt very like a wartime, like battlefield scene. Like there's uh, explosions happening. Like he, Matt's not involved in it, but there's like he's, there's like bodies and
1: yeah, and there's people running around. Nobody knows where to go. It's
0: completely chaotic.
1: Yeah, yeah. He sees one group of people. He doesn't doesn't know what they're where they're going, what they're doing. He sees another group of people. Yeah, and there's thunder and stuff. It's extremely tense. Yeah, this this struck me as
2: kind of like a modern war scene. Mm-hmm. And then Matt is, I assume, dead. Yeah, I mean that's the end. I think that's it's pretty near the end of the book, so I guess that that's tied off there. <laughs> yeah. Matt's dead. <clears throat> yeah, that's a real bummer because you know he, he was he was really growing on me as a character, but you know, I mean, I guess there's uh, lands back, so you know he's cool. I guess <laughs> maybe he'll be enjoyable to read. There's no more Matt. So that's it for
1: this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters forty through forty-one, the final chapters of Crown of Swords. I am Jeff Lake, that's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan, that's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram.
1: I'm Michael Sparkman, I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at com.
0: We love hearing from you.
1: Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time,
2: the light, the light illumine you.
1: you.